This is WPCast, the tactical podcast where we help you accelerate your business with WordPress. I'm Doug from PodWP, where we specialize in designing and hosting podcast websites. And I'm David from FatCat Apps, where we build WordPress plugins such as easy pricing tables and easy opt-ins that drive conversions. Hey everybody, welcome to a new WPCast episode. This week's episode is called Product Validation at WooThemes, and I've got a very special guest here, Patrick Rowland. Hey Patrick, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my while we're on it, my last name is from Norway, which is close to Austria. So you should have like some idea how to pronounce it. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe I should practice that a bit more. So Patrick got in touch with us after a couple. Of, so you, you listened to a couple of our episodes and you've left some comments and even a voicemail. And we had some email exchanges and you mentioned that you have some interesting insights to share after we record this episode on product validation and validating ideas, you said you have some interesting things to share about how you guys do that at WooCommerce. But let's first get started with, can you introduce yourself a bit? What do you do? Sure. So I am the WooCommerce product manager at WooThemes. So boy, I'm, what that means is I plan all of the features and basically I plan the roadmap of WooCommerce. So what features we're going to add in, if we're going to do a UI refresh, you know, code refactoring, all that stuff. I kind of plan all that in advance and customer research. And then I hand it over to the dev team with a full spec and sometimes a UI mock-up of what we want. So I do that. And I'm writing a book on WooCommerce, which is a couple months from coming out. Yeah, how's, how's, how's that coming along? I guess it always takes longer than than it's supposed to, right? Because we, we, um, we talked about yeah. this uh, like four or five months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, boy, that's a long story. But I have been, so I tried self-publishing, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't have like a structure. And it's, it's just really hard when you don't know exactly how to write to finish a book. So I kind of fizzled, fizzled mm-hmm. out. And then a publisher reached out to me and was like, hey, do you want to write a book? So I kind of turned my half written book into a book for them. And I've spent the last two months updating it basically. And I should be done with the first draft in two weeks. I'm so excited. Oh, wow. That's oh, great. Man. Can you share uh, who the publisher is? Yeah. So it's going to be uh, Pact Publishing. So mm-hmm. that's pactpub.com. And then it's going to be called the WooCommerce Cookbook. Nice. It's basically like a hundred different, you know, recipes, they call them, but a hundred different little step-by-steps how to do this with little tips mixed into every little recipe. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. It's interesting because I was under the impression that you were going to self-publish it and you, you, you know, you were going to do like the Nathan Barry model of sell, selling like a PDF or something like that. But so that's an interesting route that you ended up going down here. Yeah, I'm sure I would have eventually self-published, but when a publisher knocks on your door, yeah. I think you just have to take it. Like, yeah. like I'll, you know, I'll try self-publishing down the road with something else. Cause I, I, boy, I do love the Nathan Barry stuff, but yeah, I mean, I'm also though like a developer and it's so much easier when someone gives you a format and mm-hmm. you just like fill in the blanks. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And you've also, you have a couple of plugins in the WordPress repository and you've also got some mm-hmm. WooCommerce extensions and you've also got some Ninja Forms mm-hmm. extensions, right? Mm-hmm. 
I got probably like, I probably only have two or three plugins in the WordPress repository. Mm-hmm. I kind of stopped putting them up there because like you get so much support and sometimes you only build the plugin for like one client. So I have a couple more plugins on GitHub that I haven't put on mm-hmm. WordPress.org just because I know I'll get like a ton of support emails about them. I do have one WooCommerce extension and I have yeah, a couple NinjaForm extensions that are they're great. Love them. Love building them. Yeah. So in your day job as a product manager, that would probably be actually an entire episode in itself, but I'm really interested in <laughs> what that what that looks like. And do you get to write any code or are you like, you're, you're doing like all the specs and you're putting them into Trello or how do you spend the majority of your days? That's a good question. You know, I think honestly, it it's different for every product manager. I mean, I feel like I feel like the product manager fills the, they're like the glue. So they fill any of the holes in your team. So if you don't have a front end developer, you know, the product manager might do a little bit of that or, mm-hmm. or back end or this or that. I don't do any coding right now. I was on the dev team for like four months mm-hmm. and then I took this role. So I do kind of miss development because I love it and that was my background. But now I spend most of my time talking to customers surveys and emails in person and doing user testing yeah to, and, and then a whole bunch of extra research to figure out what we build next yeah that sounds super interesting and you guys have hundreds of extensions right both on you have a marketplace and there's and then there's also you know unofficial extensions in the repository and even on third-party websites like code canyon mm-hmm. how many extensions do you have on your own marketplace so on WooThemes.com, we have 300 extensions just for WooCommerce, not including wow. stuff. Yeah, not including stuff for Sensei, not including our themes and our own plugins. So yeah, just 300. I wow. I think about a hundred and boy, I think last count about 115 are payment gateways. So that's you know about 200 of them are everything else. You know, so that's that's everything. You know, email stuff, newsletter stuff. additional ways to upload products yeah everything yeah one of our last episodes we talked about a book called the 80 20 of sales and marketing and the episode isn't live yet but i think it's coming out in a few days and Mm -hmm. one of the takeaways for me from after reading that book is that uh, this 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 concept of how like most customers they spend very little money with you but then there's some customers small percentage that spend a lot of money with you and if you give them the opportunity to buy a lot of stuff from you they're gonna spend you know thousands of dollars even so i would assume you guys are probably seeing similar patterns where maybe most people they just buy the payment gateway or maybe even they figure out the way to just like use it for free without uh, paying anything and then there's probably a small percentage of those people that end up buying like 10 or 20 paid extensions and they end up generating a ton of revenue. So I think that's one interesting thing about such an extension business model is that you give people the opportunity to buy a lot of stuff from you. Definitely. You know, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, so first of all, I mean, right, WooCommerce uses the freemium model. So our main plugin is totally free. Mm-hmm. I think there's what, like 5 million downloads and wow. we don't even have a million customers. So, I mean, 
there's plenty of people using WooCommerce for free that we never see a single cent from. Right. And that's fine. I guess it, it's kind of like our customers self-select themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you like WooCommerce, you know, you try it out, you like it, maybe you get a payment gateway and that works great. And then if you're a developer, I think we, we do probably make a good chunk of our money from developers because once you try it out and you buy one or two extensions mm-hmm. and it works great for one client, then you have to buy different payment gateways for different clients and different shipping providers right. and all of the, and then, yeah. And then you use it for all of your clients going forward. Yeah, that makes sense. So since you have all those hundreds of extensions and like a million customers or so, there's some really interesting things that you can do in order to figure out what you should build next. And, you know, coming back to the product validation topic Mm -hmm. of uh, this episode. Yeah. So the biggest thing we have, one of our biggest assets, I guess, are, I guess, two things. Our brand is number one. So like, if I ever have any questions about something, like if I ever say, Hey, if we, you know, should we build this or this, I can reach out to our social media people and they can send out a survey and I'll get like a hundred responses to this question, which is awesome. So, I mean, being able to tweet out a question and have a hundred people respond to you is immediate feedback Yeah, and it's great. And then usually one of the little tricks is just in your survey, ask for email for follow-up. So when you see like your target customer, then you reach out to them and you get exact details from them. The other thing is we have um, an ideas board, mm-hmm. which is, boy, what power is I think it's user voice. User voice mm-hmm. has an ideas board and we have 2000 ideas just for WooCommerce. Uh, those are customer generated. Yes. Those are all customer generated. Okay. I'm sure there's like a handful mm-hmm. of the 2000. I'm sure there's maybe two dozen created by us, but I mean, the vast majority are all customer generated ideas that, that then you can vote up. So you know, probably a thousand of the ideas have one vote and we're probably not going to do those, but all the good stuff filters to the top. So we we're just finishing up a uh, extension that has like 600 or 700 votes. Wow. So we knew that was, I mean, and when you see 600 or 700 votes, you know, that might be 400 people because you can vote multiple times. But when 400 people say they want something, you can then reach out to them with a survey and figure out the exact thing you need. And when it's built, you can email all them and tell them it's built. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, this is actually making me think about um, what I could you know say like as a long-term plan for what i'm doing with fat cadaps where you know i'm kind of starting now to build multiple plugins that are all in somewhat related niches you know like targeting Mm -hmm. marketers if i you know build up like a large enough customer base and audience like between multiple plugins but the the customer avatar is very similar between all of those then i might also be able to do something like that you know and i am building an email list and so so that's pretty interesting i never thought about um how this could actually be a really big asset in terms of figuring out what to build Mm -hmm. you know it's it's really great i mean i so i know you do a lot of work on easy pricing tables And the the nice thing about the ideas board is it's also really great for feature requests. Mm -hmm. So if one person requests a feature, we're not, we're probably not going to do it because it will make the UI harder for everyone else. But if, you know, only a hundred people have bought this and we have 40 votes for something like, Hey, make sure that we can import existing data. Oh, all right. Then that's 40% of the people. We should definitely build this feature. Then you don't have products that 
we've run into this where you start building a product and then you listen to this feature request, mm-hmm. this feature request, this feature request, and the UI just explodes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know where you're coming from here. So I still think easy pricing tables is fairly easy to use, but I think it mm-hmm. got a little bit more you know, clustered and complicated <laughs> as it really should be because I started to, at least in the early days, I started to, you know, I, I built almost everything mm-hmm. that any paid customer requested because I was just so pumped up that, you know, people started to buy my product. <laughs> but but I, I really like how you guys are being very strategic about what you're doing there. So you're not making those. What I love about this whole concept is you're not making judgment calls about what to build, both in terms of new products and features. You're just looking at data and you're looking at what people really want. And that just makes it really easy to make those decisions. Because I guess if you if you do make those judgment calls, like I'm still kind of making them in my business, you know, you might be wrong 50% of the time or so. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. So yeah, so one of my little uh, Ninja Form extensions is probably like 150 sales. Mm-hmm. And I just heard the first feature request for something and I was going to build it. And then I was like, wait a second. This was the first time out of 150 people that have bought this that have asked for this. That's less than 1%. Like I'm going to need to at least wait for like five other people to request this. Right. Yeah, I think you really need to do that. And I <laughs> and I don't think you learn to do that until you've been burned and you have this like useless setting in the UI that only works <laughs> for one person. Yeah, and the issue with that, of course, is that if you remove the setting with a new version, like you need to re- be really careful about how you go about that because there are going to be some people who probably ended up checking the checkbox. Mm-hmm. And now if you remove it, like does it break or does the feature, is it just gone? <laughs> or do you, so what I've done, I've actually removed a couple of, smaller features from my product and the way we just end up doing it is we just literally comment out the HTML from the settings page. Mm-hmm. So the functionality and the code behind it is still there so that for people that you know use the feature, it basically still works. But yeah, there's a lot of like legacy and technical depth yeah. uh, you can you can kind of build in. Yeah. That's like WordPress's compatibility is the best thing about WordPress. And it's also the worst thing about WordPress. Yeah. So I mean, so one of the things we do is we when we take something out of WooCommerce, mm-hmm. we'll take it out and then bundle it into a separate plugin and then just leave that on wordpress.org and uh. and you know and I think that's really helpful. So we um boy we're about to launch WooCommerce 2.3 mm-hmm. Handsome Hippo and um, Handsome Hippo. Yeah, I like yeah, that. we have these great like animal names for our for mm-hmm. our releases. I love it. So I think what was our last one? Prowling Pangolin was 2.2. Nice. But yeah, we we got some silly names. Totally lost where I was going. But so, yeah, we are just talking about backwards compatibility. <laughs> ah, it's gone. It's yeah. gone. It's all good. Okay. So when you identify those opportunities, you and your in-house team, you're building the extensions yourself, right? Because you do also have a marketplace where third-party developers can sell stuff on there. Or do you sometimes like distribute some of those to third parties or... How do you guys approach that? So that's a good question. So we actually, we do have an in-house dev team. It's a little small right now, but we're hiring. Mm -hmm. But we do have an in-house dev team about, it's only three full-time devs that do all Mm -hmm. of the WooCommerce extensions now, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's much smaller than I would have expected. I'm sure, well, I'm pretty sure within this year, we'll move up to five, if not seven or eight or nine or 10, but at least up to five, just because WooCommerce is exploding. So we do do a lot of stuff in-house, but we do also work with several third parties to put stuff on our site. Mm-hmm. I, 
I want to move away from the word marketplace because it is because people can sell stuff on our site and we give them a commission. But there's a big difference between Woothemes.com and Code Canyon. Yeah. Where Code Canyon, I'm not picking on them, a traditional marketplace, you want to have as many people selling as much as possible. Yeah. And we're very much going the 37 signals route where we want to have only one plugin that does one mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So when you walk into Woothemes.com, there is only one Stripe plugin, and yeah. that's the one you should get. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you but, guys are you guys are picky about whom you are letting develop things and what you're approving, and you're doing code reviews and stuff like that, right? Right. So on Woothemes.com, there is a spot where you can apply. Mm-hmm. If you have an idea, you can send us your idea. And actually, I'm the guy that goes through that list, and I'll talk to those people. And we let a lot of people... I don't want to say let them through, but we do constantly have new third parties joining us. You know, yeah. so we have a, an Amazon FBA extension coming out. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're not doing it is because we, there's an Amazon FBA expert who uses it on his site who wants to build it for us. Yeah. So with that type of stuff, we love it when third parties reach out to us because right. he's the expert. But yeah, we're not. And we definitely do code reviews. So I look over everything and make sure it's good to go. Before we do code reviews, I do UI and UX reviews. That is usually, I think you mentioned this in your podcast, that's a sign of a good developer. Like if you have a, yep. a garbage UI, you probably don't care too much about your users. And that's not, that, yeah, that's not a good sign. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about this a bit more. So what do you think? And, you know, with those hundreds of extensions and, you know, WooCommerce having 5 million downloads, what do you think makes a good plugin or, you know, what, what have you learned? So, boy, there's, you know, it's, I guess it depends where you're coming from. So Mm -hmm. first I'll say as a developer, myself having one extension on Mm WooThemes.com, you want to have something that's simple, right? So that people don't have a million feature requests and, or lots of settings. The one extension I have on Mm WooThemes.com, all, the only thing it does is it lets the terms and conditions pop up in a light box and that's all it does. But it's great because for people who want that, they buy it. And for people who don't want it, they don't buy it. Yeah. Like there's there's no confusion. Yeah. Um, so we love stuff like that where there's only there's actually only one setting in the back end. But our some of our best selling extensions are something like WooCommerce subscriptions mm-hmm. where he just keeps adding functionality and new features. But he doesn't do it in a way that clutters the UI. I think that's the biggest thing is to not just add settings yeah. he adds you know features you know the subscriptions developer brent shepherd mm-hmm. and the company he adds a lot of stuff but it's all a lot of back-end stuff yeah i think the key is to not have extra the key is to not build too much stuff it's to build yeah. the right stuff yeah so it it is kind of the 37 signals approach right of don't just throw in thousands of features and checkboxes I was just sending that to someone on my team. They had a podcast for a little bit and you can still find it on their website. Someone said, mm-hmm. you know, we love the ideas that our power users send into us because they have a lot of insight. But if we listen to every single idea they had, we just, we wouldn't be base camp anymore. Like we, right. it, it wouldn't be base camp. If we listened to every idea you had, it would turn into an explosion of features. So totally 37 symbols. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like the large, the large user base and you being very data driven and, you know, smart about what features you build and what features you don't build. And I think also kind of ties in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I think you mentioned 
this example of a plugin that you just have to turn on and it works uh, that you built is that in that's on the WordPress repository? Yeah, that uh, I was just looking at the other day. It was so it's in the WordPress.org repository, and it is totally escaping my memory right now. It's uh, I believe it's. Nope, totally. It's totally gone. What it is, is you literally turn it on and it just works. There's not a settings page. There's oh, nothing. Great. It's just, you turn it on, it works. It's kind of, I, I forget what it does. I think it like reorganizes the product page or something ah. and it, and it just works. Wait, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to find it for you and try that, to... that reminds me of, have you seen the airplane mode plugin? So it's for, it's for local development and you just have to activate the plugin and then you're in airplane mode which basically means that all of the outgoing calls to you know like google fonts and whatever they're basically not going through so you can easily develop when you're in a plane or you know when you're just without internet without um, your site your local development site being slow because it's trying to reach google fonts or whatever so i think that's another good example of a plugin that just you, you activate it and it works and you deactivate it and it stops working it's great oh that is awesome i love those Yeah. So what kind of products are coming down the road? Uh, so we have a lot of stuff coming down the road. I, I think the one I'm most excited about is a WooCommerce Square integration. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you're familiar with Square, that's the that you plug into your phone and then you can swipe credit cards on your phone or iPad. Yep. So we have a lot of people who have a Square store that they, you know, they use that. You know, they go to conferences yep. and have to use Uh, but then the inventory, you know, inventories and orders don't sync across stores. So yeah. we're basically going to have an integration where, you know, your WooCommerce site will talk to Square and the orders will sync and the inventory will sync. When you add a new product in one, it'll update the other. And I'm just really excited about it because I knew someone who wanted, who, who was the customer. Yeah. Like he has WooCommerce store and he has a Square store. And I met him at a WordCamp and it was just awesome to sit down and talk with him about how he would want to build the extension and yeah. i wrote it all down and i did a little bit more research with other people and yeah it's going to be really good yeah that sounds great do you guys ever when you're making those decisions uh, do you ever look at the competition so i i do believe that shopify launched a point of sale system maybe half a year ago so does, did that for example at all play into that decision of you guys looking into you know integrating with square Well, I definitely look at what other people are doing. I love, I'm actually big fans of Gumroad and Shopify. I just, I mean, I think they're just good services. And, you know, the people who use those services are probably not our customers, but they're, they're good companies. Yeah. They have a lot of good ideas. And yeah, it's great to, uh, to learn something from them if possible. I, their Shopify POS though is very different than integrating with Square. So I didn't look too much at it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I tried, I can't remember. I'm, I'm sure I tried to find other integrations with Square with other systems. Okay, that makes sense. So let's just go back to the marketplace, mm -hmm. or I, you don't want to call it marketplace, but to the WooCommerce extension mm -hmm. store, or however mm -hmm. you want to call it. So which percentage of those extensions on there are third parties, roughly, compared to the ones that, uh, that you guys built in-house? That's a good question. I don't have an exact number. I'm going to go with Ah, boy, I, maybe because I know Skyverge, they're one of the big third party developers. They have a ton of payment gateway right. and a lot of other plugins. I'm going to guess 80 out of the 300 are third parties. Okay. And most, I'd say probably most of them are payment gateway, you know, like 
there's a guy in Poland who develops all the Polish gateways mm-hmm. and there's a guy in the Netherlands who develops the, the gateways and for the Netherlands. Yeah. It, it's mostly that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So what do you think? So, so say there's somebody listening to this podcast, he's a developer and he wants to get into, maybe he's already built some free plugins in the repository and he wants mm-hmm. to get into building paid plugins. And I think in some ways it's a really good starting point to build an extension for some other plugin that is already successful, mm-hmm. like WooCommerce or like easy digital downloads or like Ninja Forms or something like that. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend them to start with WooCommerce or do you think there's still a lot of opportunity there or are you guys kind of i guess to be honest it would make sense for you to basically keep the best ideas to yourself right and to, to build the most profitable extensions yourself because then you're going to get 100 instead of 50 of the revenue generated yeah that's a, that's a complex question so if you're just getting started i think honestly the best thing for you to do before building an extension is I mean, you, you need to kind of validate the idea yourself right because yeah. uh, the very first so if you submit an idea Uh, my first question is going to be like, how many people would use this? And if you don't have any, right. yeah, yeah, if you don't have any evidence and there's no clear, there's there's nothing like, oh, duh, of course people would use this, mm-hmm. then it, it, we're definitely not going to get to our store. But I think if you have, so if you have a client that wants to use some service like Amazon FBA, that's that's the service where Amazon will like they house stuff in their inventory and they send it out for like so if you use something like that we would love those types of integrations we would love them because you're an Mm -hmm. expert and you've been using the system with a client whereas we haven't been using the system with a client i mean anything you use so one of our newest employees bryce he you know he's a client or like can i have a product show rotate 360 degrees And he said, sure. And then he built it as an extension. And now it's up on our site. So, I mean, when you have those opportunities, yeah. you know, pursue them. Okay. I, I would say, though, that like WooCommerce is more feature complete than, say, Ninja Forms, which has 30 extensions. Mm-hmm. It, there's just a lot. There's a, there's a little bit less. It's a little bit harder to find the, the right product. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's a great point when you have some kind of specific Mm-hmm. information related to e-commerce because maybe you're doing a lot of development that you have a lot of clients mm-hmm. or maybe you've got an e-commerce store yourself or something like that that might be a better way to go about it or you just you know having the connections and doing the customer development instead of just setting out and being like oh like today i'm going to build a woocommerce extension and then like you're kind of like <laughs> sitting down at a whiteboard and like trying to brainstorm that's probably not the that's probably not the way to go about it right <laughs> yeah i yes uh, validate your idea of customers yeah. first. that would be the best Yeah. Cool. So we're almost uh, 30 minutes in. So I think, I think that's a, that's a good length for this episode. Do you want to tell us where people can find you? Sure. So you can find me if you just want to chat. Uh, Twitter's probably the best. So don't ask me why I have this complex Twitter name. It's at BF trick. So that's on Twitter. And then on on the web, you can just look at another really hard name to share on a podcast is Speaking in Bytes, that's B-Y-T-E-S. And that's like, I have like probably like a hundred WooCommerce tutorial on there. So you can contact me there. Yeah. So that's speakinginbytes.com, right? Yep. Yeah. Cool. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks for listening. You can go to wpcast.fm to download our WordPress toolbox, which contains our 50 favorite tools. 
we'll see you next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.